I'm Damian Bulwa, Metro Editor of the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on Fifth and Mission, a story that represents a collision between some of the biggest issues that we cover here, housing, homelessness, and wildfires. Reporter Kevin Fagan is here to talk about a huge homeless encampment in Sonoma County that government officials can't, by law, break up. Kevin, thanks for coming in. Hey, glad to be here. All right, Kevin, this week you went out to Sonoma County to a trail in between Santa Rosa and Sebastopol. As you may know, I'm from Sebastopol. Mm -hmm, Yeah. yeah. Um, You went to see this really interesting homeless encampment that's gotten quite big. What did you find? Well, it's huge. It's about the size of the one we had during the Super Bowl in 2016 here in San Francisco. Division Uh, Street. Yes, yes. And and you don't see camps this size very often. Uh, The jungle in San Jose, the Super Bowl camp that we had, and now this one. This one is about double the size of a camp they had a year and a half ago nearby in Santa Rosa. Uh, It's reformed with with a lot of the same people from then. And it's become a sprawl that goes across about a mile of the Joe Redota Trail um, and clearly needs something done. Because the people who are living there, they don't want to live there. No, no one wants to be homeless. Uh, the county doesn't want them occupying this trail. The neighbors don't like the noise and the mess. And they're many of them, at least, are afraid to walk on the trail. They're afraid things will happen. And they don't like the, the scene because it's a little edgy for them. Um, it's, it's a real conundrum and it's a really popular trail. This is sort of like the, the biking and and walking and running connection between Santa Rosa and Sebastopol. It is. It's nice. You know, and the the homeless guys like being on it as well. If you're going to have to sleep in a tent out in the rain, it's, it's pretty nice. It's got nice strips of, you know, the parkland alongside the trail where you can pitch your stuff and put, put it on wooden pallets. Sleeping in the rain and in often tattered tents is no fun, but they're trying to make the best of it. Okay, so later let's talk about why they can't break up the camp because around the Bay Area you've written about how public officials don't like to see these camps sprawl to this size. Right. But first, let's go back. First of all, Kevin, the wildfires in wine country 2017, which obviously we've written a lot about. Is there any connection between that and the homeless crisis in Santa Rosa that that led to this camp? Yeah, it had a triggering effect and and it had a cascading effect. Uh, the the fires, of course, burned out a lot of homes. It also burned out homeless settlements. Uh, Heroin Hill was a big one uh, in Santa Rosa. Santa Rosa is the biggest city, of course, in the county, and so it, it attracts uh, a bulk of the homeless population um, in and around the the city limits. Uh, it, those settlements were burned out, and people moved to under the freeways. Uh, the county didn't like people under the freeways. The CHP doesn't like people under the freeways. It moved them. They wound up at a homeless camp uh, near a Dollar Tree store in, a, in the parking lot behind it in Roseland, which is a part of, you know, southwest Santa Rosa. Somewhat near where we're talking about. Absolutely. Just, a, you know, about a mile away. Uh, and it it was at first it was a sanctioned little camp. Then as people got chased from other areas uh, by officials because they didn't want the, these new camps forming in other parts of the county, they wound up there. Uh, it, it attracts, you know, one camp, when it starts growing, attracts everyone else because there's safety in numbers, company in your misery. You know, you got your supplies there, the stuff you need as a homeless person, especially as a chronically homeless person. Um, and it became 
so huge, about 150 people, that the county and the city decided, okay, we got to do something about this. So a year and a half ago, they they established what they were calling a navigation center, which is kind of a hybrid of several things. But it was meant to route people. And they did route quite a few people. About half of that population wound up getting into shelter or housing. Uh, the other half wound up just saying, ah, screw it, I'm going to go wander off somewhere else. They figured they'd wander off to this part that they're in now. But when they, they tried to accumulate on the Jobardota Trail, uh, they were chased out uh, because the you know the county and the city doesn't want big camps forming. So they were kind of like the roving bands of Israel. Similar it's, to San Francisco, we see yeah. same actions, breaking up encampments, people going to just a different spot in the city. Absolutely. So they'd, they'd go to different places and, and continuously try to start something, it'd get broken down. Try to start something, to get broken down. Uh, it, this this went on until last August when a federal court injunction went into place that stopped that. Okay, so this federal court injunction, it, what does it stem from? There's a, a larger issue about whether you can break up encampments, right? Yeah, a couple of years ago, the uh, Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, federal, uh, ruled in a case out of Boise that you cannot rouse to camp unless you have places to put people and and a place to put their belongings. Well, this has been loosely interpreted and loosely enforced throughout the West because it has enforcement throughout the American West. Uh, when the Dollar Tree camp was broken up, um, homeless advocates got a couple of residents from that camp and filed a lawsuit, federal lawsuit, saying, you know, you need to enforce this Boise ruling. Yeah, you, you, this, yeah, you, this can't, you can't rouse people if you're not offering an alternative. Absolutely. And and the county has, oh, maybe 900 or so shelter beds. Uh, and there are vacancies at night, but they don't have enough to put 150 people like wham right in inside right away. Uh, so uh, a federal judge ruled in July and uh, that you cannot rouse people unless you got a place to put them. And that injunction went into effect in August. So the police and park officials and city officials have honored that and wow. said, all right, we don't have enough places to put everyone in. Uh, so they have let this camp grow. And okay. they have moved dozens of people out of it into housing and or shelter. Voluntarily. Right. Voluntarily. Okay. All right. Kevin, I want to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk about your visit there and you know what, what happens next in Santa Rosa. This is Fifth and Mission. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Metro Editor Damian Bulwa. This is Fifth and Mission. I'm talking to reporter Kevin Fagan, who covers homelessness for us, about his story about a big encampment in Santa Rosa, uh, between Santa Rosa and Sebastopol. So, Kevin, we were talking about how advocates for the homeless managed to keep the government from breaking up mm -hmm. this camp. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that decision, is that a precedent in other cities? Does that apply outside of Santa Rosa, or is it like a local decision? It's very specific. It's locally. Uh, enforced and it's it's locally applied, so you know it doesn't apply around the Bay Area. So they either need to not break up the camp, or they need to provide enough housing where they can say there's an alternative here. Right, and the board of supervisors uh, who have the most to do with this situation, since it's on county parkland, uh, is set to consider several proposals. Uh, Shirley Zane, who's kind of the leader in homeless issues in the county, for longest serving member of the board of soups um uh tells me that 
there are some ideas for some shelter, uh, uh, you know, options, uh, creating new beds right away. And uh, as always now, all of these officials want housing first. They want to put people inside the shelter. Most people who have dealt with homelessness for a long time realize that shelters, it's nice, but it's temporary. You can't put someone in shelters forever. It just doesn't work. Uh, and there are people who have been in shelters and they don't want to go back. Uh, they, they want a permanent solution. And so you have to find housing, affordable housing, supportive housing for those with more troubles. That's hard because they're uh, there are a lot of fire victims that need housing in the county. Uh, there are a lot of just plain poor people who need housing in the county. And then you got your homeless people who need housing in the county. It's it's very difficult to create a, a mass of enough units to uh, to take in everybody. Yeah, thousands of homes were lost in the in the fires that came into Santa Rosa. So, Kevin, given that that people cannot be moved. What's happened on the on the trail? Is there? I think you had reported there's porta potties out there. Yeah, there's eight porta potties that uh, some uh, a local nonprofit helped provide, uh, which is good because you know when you have a mile long spread of camps and, and tents and carts and little makeshift you know lean tos, uh, people have to use the can. And there's a there's a local shopping center, but. You know, you don't want everyone wandering into the bathrooms there. That that's usually not a workable solution. So uh, there there is that sanitary you know provision, but it's a mess. And, and there are safety in numbers. There's company in the misery, but it sucks. It's 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 wet. It's it's muddy. Uh, there are a lot of drug addicts. So you get people fighting over their meth pipes and. Uh, you know, over supplies. And uh, they're, they're, as in any giant homeless camp, there are a lot of really good people there who are just trying to get by and who are desperate. Uh, and there are, there are some, there are always some troublemakers and the homeless guys don't like the troublemakers. They, you know, that's, it's a difficult community and it's not sustainable in the long term because it's just, there's a syphilis outbreak, there's a stomach flu outbreak. There are rats and mice, it's, and that's not going to get better quick, if at all. Are people still using the trail that would normally use it? Not many. People are afraid. I talk to neighbors who have little, especially ones with little kids, you know, they, they don't send them on the trail anymore. They used to ride their bicycles on the trail, and they, they, they're, they're scared. And I'll tell you, a lot of, most homeless people that I've, I've encountered over the many years they're not bad people. They're they're desperate people. They're they're hungry. They they want a better life. You know, they're not going to attack you and beat you up. There's but there's always a few, you know, bad apples in any big crowd. And this is a crowd of a three hundred people. That's a lot of people. Um, and the, the you know the bad actors are resented by the the non bad actors mm-hmm. in the camp. But the neighbors are freaked. They 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 want it taken care of and they want it gone. So um, when you were there, I mean, what was it like just day to day? Just give us a sense of kind of what it looks like. It's it, it, Both sides of the trail have tents, and a lot of those tents are up on wooden pallets because it's, it's muddy and it's raining. Yeah, it's been raining. Yeah, and uh, there's your usual bike chop shop here and there, uh, and then there's your usual uh, legitimate bike repair shop here and there. There's people with generators uh, powering up phones. 
because you can get free phones. Uh, homeless people do Gas have phones. power generators. Absolutely. Uh, just like the power outage advice said to have. Um, uh, there's American flags. Uh, there, there's a lot of people trying to keep it clean, but it's tough when you get a lot of belongings accumulated there. Uh, just like the rest of us. You got stuff in your garage that you don't want to get rid of. These guys have stuff they don't want to get rid of. They have so little in life, you hang on to the stuff that you have. And now that it's been raining, it's it's a soggy mess. Uh, there's vermin running around, and people try to keep it clean. I think most of the people in the camp are really trying to keep it clean. They don't want to become a problem, uh, but it's it's a problem. And, the you know, and people are arguing with each other occasionally. Uh, there's a lot of, of, of support. Um, this one woman named Kat that I talked to is, is 19. Her mother's in the camp as well uh, and just got housing. So the mother's going to move out pretty soon. But Kat, is a, she's a very sweet, you know, young woman who doesn't want to be there and doesn't have much choice. She doesn't have an income, doesn't have a a place to live, can't afford rent on no income. Um, and, you know, is, is, is stymied. Uh, you know, she gets told that the, the shelter is not a great place to go. I think a lot of people have trouble taking a chance on shelter. Mm -hmm. uh, shelters, in my mind, after many years of looking at things, they're a hell of a lot better than sleeping face down in the dirt. But it's a, it's a convincing uh, effort that you have to go through. And there's a lot of outreach counselors out there talking to people every day, going up and down the line. I did not find the place to be dangerous. It's, uh, they're, they're poor people. They're, they're people living in tents, but you know, they're humans. They're not bad people. Uh, a lot of them are addicted to substances. And so if they're acting out, it's the drugs acting out, or if it's mental illness, uh, uh, it's that acting out. And I didn't find a whole lot of mentally ill people either. This is 300 people who drifted in from all parts of the county and want some solutions. Well, let's touch on just a couple larger issues that, that, that this brings out. One is, couldn't you make the argument that with this court decision, this is really going to put a new kind of pressure on the government to find new housing quickly? Yes, absolutely. And the, the state is... Uh, supplying more money. The trouble is you need billions and the state is su supplying hundreds of millions. Um, it's it's going to be tough. There are, there are different techniques being explored, which I think have some real promise. The, the tiny homes, of course, stackable units, uh, in-law units. There's, there's some effort in, in Sonoma County to uh, facilitate in-law units that you can put in the backyard. Uh, that's happening in a lot of counties. Um, there have to be creative solutions for doing this because you can't because you can't just build uh, enough conventional affordable housing and supportive housing to accommodate everyone. It'll cost even in Sonoma County half a million per unit. That's per a unit. lot of dough. Yeah, yeah here and now this, they're under pressure because of this ongoing crisis out on the trail. Yeah, yeah. So the the the, the logical response is going to be shelter, okay. uh, and you can take abandoned buildings and convert them, or you can. You know, throw up some uh, some tough side tents, you know, like circus tents. And that happened pretty successfully here in the city during the Super Bowl uh, camp clearance. Uh, that was that was some pretty nice shelter that that went up with a sprung structure tent, as they call it. Um, they're going to have to 
but they have to do some. They're going to have to get on it. Yeah, that's the the last question I had, Kevin, is encampments in the the large encampments, Division Street in San Francisco. This one has have been a huge issue. They've been sort of a, a big piece of this homeless crisis. What does it say when these, you know, when these encampments are taken down, people scatter? What does it say about the crisis um, that if if left alone, these giant camps will sprout up and the problems will follow, but people don't seem to have another alternative. Yeah, they absolutely will. And the advocates that around the Bay Area who who try to address this situation and the government officials who are addressing it, it it's it's better if you have smaller communities. If you're going to uh, do a sprung structure shelter encampment of, of sorts, essentially where you're putting people in, in in a controlled, sheltered way, you don't want 300 people in something like that. Uh, you want 100. Uh, it's... Huge groups become unmanageable, and it's it's tragic for everyone to see camps broken up and people just scattered to the wind. Uh, no, no one wants that. It, but it's a it's it's a it's a dilemma. It's a catch twenty two. Do you let it stay or do you kick it kick it along? Do you it, do you put people into whatever housing you have? Yes, you do, but you don't have enough housing and shelter for everyone. It's it's a no win situation. Yeah, it's really discouraging. But, Kevin, thanks for going out there and telling the story. We appreciate it. I love it. Thank you. Thanks to my guest today, reporter Kevin Fagan, to King Kaufman and Karen Creighton for producing this episode. And thank you for listening. Fifth and Mission is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.